Elizabeth, do you believe in love? Because no. I've got something to say about it. <laughs> right, that was great. I don't have to sing. No, that was. You want me to do it yeah, again? No, no, that's. Should I, I do it again? No, I don't. I don't. I think that was perfect, Adrian. Thank you were you. perfect in every single way. <laughs> you are like Madonna herself. <laughs> she uh, knows how to work me. <laughs> she knows that all I need. I'm like, all right. I'm no longer tired. I'm here. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so let's talk about it. I don't want to talk about love, actually, because I'm ready to dive into this week's movie starring one of the most iconic figures in American celebrity. By the way, I am Elizabeth. Oh, my God, and I'm Adrian. And this is Don't Ruin This For Me, the podcast where we revisit movies from our childhood in hopes that they are great, but they never are. Some some are. We, we watch Legends of the Fall this season. Don't <laughs> Brad forget Pitt. about this. I feel, like, I feel like Brad Pitt should be our season theme. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Fine. Um, okay, so this week, we watched the 1991, I was 11, documentary, Madonna, Truth or Dare. I love that you're 11. I think I was 17. I was, well, yes, that is our age difference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Oh, Madonna, God. at the peak of her celebrity, she's released the albums, Madonna. <laughs> Like a Virgin, True Blue, Like a Prayer, my favorite, the Pepsi commercial, Burning Cross, Like a Prayer moment. We've seen her in Desperately Seeking Susan, Dick Tracy, and Shanghai Surprise, which I didn't even know what that was, but Elizabeth <laughs> put it on the script, so it must be real. And it was a movie that earned her a Razzie Award for Worst Actress, apparently. <laughs> I mean, she wasn't really great at acting. I'm going to have to be no, honest no, about no. that. And why um, does everyone have to be everything? You know, I think because Madonna set the standard. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she really like, made things hard for us. That's um, true. And at this point, also, Playboy and Penthouse have released nudes of her for when she was like a student who was trying to get money. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty shady. She's on every, <laughs> she's on every like magazine cover and talk show. Every teenager is running to Claire's for their jelly bracelets and lace headbands while their parents and police are trying to censor Madonna's siren calls. Mm. Look away. She's a slut. <laughs> she's slutty, slutty, slutty. And, you know, there's not a person on this planet who does not know Madonna's trajectory in pop culture and her influence. Not only was she a revolutionary as a feminist sexy boss bitch who gets what she wants, she also opened doors for a lot of the LGBTQIA plus community. You said that so well. Listen, (laughs) I love these people. By highlighting the culture and opening doors for folks to take the spotlight. In truth or dare, we follow Madonna on her blonde ambition tour where we get to peek into her life as an artist, boss friend, and family member I do have to say, as a 43-year-old Adrian, I was like, shut the fuck up, Madonna. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Old Adrian was like, God, what a twat. (laughs) She she could be like, yeah, she's not the best. Her personality is not sparkling during this film. Um, Even though it feels like a never-ending music video, I have a lot to discuss with you and our guest today, Karen Yates. Yes, Karen is an intimacy coach and also works with sound, which I have a lot of questions about. And I thought... Intimacy, sex, sounds. I was like, could we have a more perfect guest? No, and I don't think that we could. Not. We couldn't. Um, she also has a podcast and a live show that I've done called Wild and Sublime. Um, I, no, the show is called Super Tasty. No, the it's, live show, it's, right? It's called everything is called Wild, Wild, and, Sublime. Wild and Sublime now. It yes. is the only show where I got paid and then got additionally paid with a bonus of lube. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every every guest on the show gets a bottle of Uber Lube. Yeah. Yes, that lube is amazing. It by is the way. amazing. Elizabeth talks about stuff. the lube yes. a lot. It's just, <laughs> well, I lube it. I'm just saying, 
It's not the first time I've heard the story of Elizabeth being paid in lieu. <laughs> that's true. She trots that's that story out a lot. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, 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 favorites. yeah, yeah. Anyways, welcome, Karen. We're glad to have you today. I am so excited to be here. We so love excited. it. Yeah, so we'll just go ahead and dive into the recap, mm. which is... Which is what Madonna sometimes sings songs and sometimes rolls around on a bed. I like when I read your recap, I was like, Elizabeth is so good because she like really watched this movie and made an outline. Oh, and yeah. Like, she, she sent me a text being like, I'm yeah. watching the movie tonight. And I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, I am, too. Yeah. And I was like reading your recap and I was like, was this what happened? Like, <laughs> I mean, I watched the film, but like, well, because there's no plot, right? Right. It's basically we're following her on tour and there's some key key points. Yes. Right. So let's hit them. Yes. Yeah, so, so a couple of key points is that Madonna is, is opening the film talking about how the concert's ending. And um, one of the things I think she says that's interesting is she's like, you know, I don't feel I feel sad. And I know that I'm going to feel I don't feel sad right now, but I'm going to feel sad. And she's like, and I know that this is going to be the end of it. And um, she's like, but sometimes things end. I've had this happen with friends. And I was like, that's wild. Just like right off the bat, she's like, everyone hates me, which people I think grow to hate her. I think pretty much everyone there is humoring her and hates her. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I hated her. I yeah. was like, this bitch. I really? did not hate her. Oh, I, did, I, I, I did not hate her. her. I did Good. not hate her. I am glad to have levels in this conversation. <laughs> And it's totally possible. I was just like in a mood, but I found her somewhat tiresome. Mm, mm. I, I thought the, mo- the movie, itself, the documentary was like way, like way, way too long. We didn't need to see like that much of her life. But well, And don't you think too, I think it's possible because I've watched other music documentaries. Like she, this was the first one. Yeah. So, you know, I give her all the kudos mm. for that. But because I've seen other ones, like now that they've, they figured out the form, they figured out how to make a story and have the music in between and whatever. So it's like, you know, this one feels very meandery. Yeah, it doesn't have like a straight trajectory. Right. Which, speaking of stories, um, the one storyline that they do talk about is there is this constant um, character, Ollie, who keeps coming back in, who's one of right. our backup dancers. And his whole storyline, because she has this whole thing about like wanting to be everyone's mother and wanting to, that, I know, that made me crazy. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I want to be everyone's mother. She's like, these I people am are, the mother. Right? She's like, these people have suffered and they've grown up in their families and bad places and they're poor (laughs) oh my god madonna but ollie's one of her dancers and there's a whole thing where he um the only straight dancer yes the only straight dancer it's very important that's key yes yes. so and he's super homophobic at this point in his life and um so he's he's also 1991 yes he's the dancer and he like his dad told him that he should not you know pursue the world of dancing that it was was like a complete pipe dream and then he signs on with Madonna and so there's this whole sub story about how his dad comes and sees her at the Madonna show and everyone's like oh my god your Mm -hmm. dad is here and the one thing I do think that's cool in that part is that his dad had asked for forgiveness from his son for having yeah. made a mistake by like not believing in his mm-hmm. dreams and I thought that was super sweet yeah, but that. then the rest of it falls apart <laughs> yeah like not a lot of super sweet moments afterwards no um then we see like Madonna and backstage with her brother Christopher am I just doing this whole recap do you remember <laughs> no I'm, I'm happy for you I'll jump in I have two moments that I want to lead okay Warren Bating and Kevin Costner okay the rest right uh, then I'll do the, then I'll do all the rest <laughs> So then we have them all backstage and they're just basically like, here's my brother Christopher. He is now working for me. And we go through a whole celebrity of like celebrities kind of parading backstage. Right. Coming at her to concert. Blonde yes. Ambition. Yes. yes. And we have uh, Mandy Patikin. 
Love him. <laughs> which is wild. Love him. Which was wild. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John. Great. Yes. Um, who else did we have? We had Lionel Richie. Great. Yes. And then Adrian. Who else? Well, my favorite moment, like when I looked up from my computer, was when Kevin Costner rolled in and he's got his Dances with Wolves mullet happening. I mean, it is, it's a Richard Marks mullet. Yes. It's full. And he's got one of those like kind of like baggy leather jackets. Right. Yes. Right. And that time period. And you can tell he, he comes in and he said, well, that was neat. And she goes, neat. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, that, that was neat. And she's like, no one's ever said neat to me before. And then he's like, okay. Well, I'll see you later. And there's this awkward like separation where he leaves. And then she turns around. She's like, neat. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And is like. And then does a gag. Uh, sticks yeah. her finger down her throat like yeah. a gag. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I respected. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, I mean, and at this point she's dating Warren Beatty, right? Because we right. get a lot of like clips of her dating Warren Beatty yes. and gifts that he's giving her. And yes. um, that is like, but the I think that. Kevin Costner moment is probably the best moment in the whole movie. Yes. And then the most iconic or famous, I think, is the moment with Warren Beatty. So she has a doctor looking at her throat because she's like, maybe shouldn't sing because, you know, she's exerting herself. And he's looking at her throat and someone, does Warren ask her if she wants on camera? Someone asks. He doesn't ask. Someone else asks. I think the cameraman or director asks. Right. Yeah. And she says, of course. And he says, well, of course you want it on camera. Why? What is the point of doing anything if it's not being filmed? And then he has this whole like soliloquy about, you know, being on camera. And it's like the only like purpose. Said the man who has like fucked every single actress in Hollywood (laughs) by that point. Right. Because he was on camera. So he's a person who understands the power of camera. But I do think like in terms of history and we can talk about this later, like it really is like a really important moment of a changing culture and like what. The power of camera and like putting out your story is well, and I think the the problem with this documentary is that we don't really get a lot of Madonna's story, right? Like, right. We, we get kind of like these highlights. So, right, she's next... got her fucking dancers showing their dicks and shit, and she's rolling around <laughs> on a bed. I mean, yeah. So then, like, she ends up she ends up in Canada, and they're like, everything you do is obscene. We can't, we're going to arrest you if you kind of like uh, simulate masturbation. So mm-hmm. she goes, of course, because we have to see Madonna she's as a artist. rebel. She's an artist, and she yeah. So she does a prayer about the the freedom of speech and then yes. she ends up I found the prayer moments especially uh, irritating that, yeah. was my, that was my irritation that was my big irritation with the, the prayer circle every con, every you know concert yeah, yeah like, I was like all right Madonna mm-hmm. um, so because she, it, it seemed like it was always it was an editorial it wasn't about prayer it was, right. she used these moments to yes. editorialize yes. To the, the cast yes. I mean that, fr- that the freedom of speech one is definitely exact exactly what you're talking <laughs> yes. about so she goes out she like humps a pillow on stage she doesn't even get arrested I don't think which no is kind at of the weird. end at the end the police like make a this money. is another moment where I looked up. The police like made a statement that they had seen the show and it was fine. <laughs> right. So there was other, no infraction. In other words, money changed hands. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they were done with this. The Toronto police were like, thank you for that. But at um, some point she's in Italy also giving like a, a speech to the press right, because about of Vatican. Her, her Vatican. artistic freedom. Yes. Um, and then the, she's also goes to Detroit where she reunites with her family because she's from mm-hmm. Pontiac, Michigan, I think mm-hmm. it is, like right mm-hmm. outside of Detroit. So we get introduced to her dad who, by the way, married the housekeeper after yes, her mother died. I, I had that. no idea about I that. that. I yeah, that. that's so weird. I mean, it's not weird because, of course, a man would marry his housekeeper yeah. or a nanny or well, whatever. Well, that's what a man wants, <laughs> is a housekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
and we see her like interacting with her family and she talks about how being like rich and famous is like weird because now your family's weird and then this is a weird scene that I, but I really love also weird yes. I just want to say I am sure if I got really famous things could get weird but like she's like you know, a sociopath or a narcissist. Well, I, mean, I think she's pretty disassociated yes, from her feelings. Like yeah, in the beginning, when she's yes. like, "I know I'm going to be sad. I'm not sad right now." Right. And like there, there were moments in the show when yeah. in the movie when she was like, basically like, she's like, "I'm having no feelings." Like, right. She and it's intellectual and cold. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. she's she's pretty. I think she's had a lot of trauma. You know, she yeah. had she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in when in New York. In right? New York. Yeah. 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 And her mother died when she was five. So I think yeah. there's a lot yeah. of stuff there. Yeah. 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 And I'm I think sure there was there more is. than one person who assaulted her. Oh yeah, it was a pair the, of men. Yeah, a pair of men who yeah. like forced her by knife point. Yeah. Uh, uh, perform oral sex on her. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, she she's that's a pretty open story. Yeah. But it's awful. At this point, then we get introduced to some of their old family friends, which is this more, is the weirdest this is the weirdest section, oh, section God, yeah. of the film. Yes, Maureen McFarland is introduced. She's a childhood friend to the Madonna family, the, and um, Madonna talks about. And this, this is a part where, like, I feel like to your your guys's point is like, what is the authentic reason for this conversation? Mm-hmm. Except for her to just be scandalized, mm-hmm. you know, or try to scandalize people. And she talks about how when she's a young teenager, her and Maureen used to get in bed together naked, and then how Maureen had um, finger fucked her, mm-hmm. and you know all this story. And then they they flash her, over, yeah, go on. They flash over to Maureen, who now is an adult and like with, waiting, children. with children, and she's like, I never. I never fingered Madonna. <laughs> no, she says I don't remember because right. I've had so many drugs in my life. She, yeah. she was like she was like a down and out drug addict and then yeah. rehabbed. Yeah. And so she kind of played it like, well, I have no memory anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but she kind of makes it sound like she didn't do it and this oh, is okay. like yeah. it's both. Like she's like I'm a drug addict, but like also I don't think so. And then like Well, the, she delivers that awesome line where she's like, "I also am a dancer, but I was a stripper." <laughs> <laughs> Then yes. it gets even fucking weirder. So Madonna's like, no, she fingered me. You know, they come back to Madonna. She's like, no, we're naked. We jumped on the bed. She fingered me, you know, whatever. And then it gets to them together backstage. And this chick is like, Madonna, I'm pregnant. And Madonna's like, really? Ew. You know, and she's like, I want you to be a godparent. And then Madonna's like, I'll think about it. But but I do have to say then 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 her friend presents her with a picture that she's done because the friend is a, is a, a yes, hobbyist of a artist yes. of like a Madonna and child yes right yes and I do have to give Madonna snaps because unlike <laughs> unlike the Kevin Costner moment where like it's fully filmed that she's gagging right. after Costner leaves and right. he's an asshole whatever right. at least she doesn't impugn the friend like she comes yeah. backstage with her and shows the picture to someone yes. and she's like yeah, it's rather good and it would have been a moment when she could have been like. Oh my god! Yeah, right. Fuck Maureen McFarland, <laughs> but she didn't. And I was yeah. like, okay, you're not a complete beast. Yes. Yeah, and she, and she does say, <laughs> but to Maureen, she did she's look like, her straight in the eye and go, "I'll think about being the godparent to your kid. I'm not committing." <laughs> but she she also does say, like, "I love you, Maureen." Like yeah. she does give her a lot of like emotion back yeah, in that yeah. scene. Um, then after this point, uh, I think we go see Madonna. We follow her in the cemetery where her mother is buried. Low, that was a that low was moment. a real weird moment. I have <laughs> no memory that was of like, Happening. That was kind of a low moment. For <laughs> yeah, that well, yeah. Was it hard? No, yeah. it wasn't hard. It was more like let's move on a little bit. Yeah, let's like 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 the editing needed to be a little tighter. <laughs> yeah, they literally show her like lay on her mother's tomb. <laughs> it's like 
or like oh yeah headstone this and you're is just wild like, what is... i have no memory of this happening i watched this whole movie you know because it, <laughs> i don't even think that they fully explain it they're not like let's go madonna to the cemetery you just see her walking through the right. cemetery and when she puts the flowers down that's i think when you know that and um then she loses her voice and she has to cancel a bunch of shows and she's like very upset because you know she's a mother now and because when we say mother now of the dance. to the dancers, of the dancers. Mother, <laughs> right. mother of the dancers of the right. dancers who she's also sort of sexually harassing yes, and yes. Like, completely totally. sexually. so yes. she's like I can't talk to them so they have to talk through my assistant and we don't get to have this bonding moment well what happens here is the point with uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because Ollie is now back in the headlines because he's like they're saying that Ollie and Madonna are having an affair the and, star the yes. star says this this is not New York Times right <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Um, so then she's, you know, she tells Ollie that she has has forgiven because now she's gotten her voice back. She's like, I forgive you for, um, for like if you did anything to like make the story. I just like want to forgive you. And then we go into this whole B plot again about Ollie. Um, wanting to he's like he cannot stand all the other gay dancers he's just like they're just prancing around in their underwear and we're at gay pride and then he says some very very homophobic things and he's basically like they're trying to make me gay right which you know it's a very ick moment and then at that point everything goes straight into ick because mm-hmm. we go to the bed scene well no we go to the truth or dare scene mm-hmm. where she makes where one she's of her like dancers. show me your dick it's purple no yeah. wait a second there's the scene when madonna pre Let's circle prayer. Is like, hey guys, stop, stop, you know, fucking with Allie. Like, we need to be a family. Okay, just stop it. Stop it, gay guys. Okay, because we got to put a show on. We have room for one straight person. Maureen McFarland finger fucked me. Ollie, Ollie just can't handle it the way that you gay guys can. Right. right yeah. Well, and then the next thing that we get is like Madonna's done done this, and we get one of her her hairstylists comes in. I want to talk about is this. Super wild. This to me was the most awful moment in the whole damn movie. I 100% agree. So I'd love to talk about it. But so uh, basically her hair, her hairstylist is late and she's talking to one of the dancers and she's like, oh, Sharon's late. And he's like, well, she claims that she's woke up late because she was drugged and then woke, yeah, at a bar, then woke up bleeding from her butt. And Madonna's reaction isn't like, oh, <gasps> What are you talking right? about? Yes. She puts her hands over her face and starts giggling. And starts laughing. Yeah. And yeah. I was disassociation much? Oh my god. Yeah. I was so yeah. grossed out at that moment. Yeah. And then you see Sharon recounting the night. Yeah. And she was drugged at a bar. And 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 someone, I, I don't know if it was Madonna or one of Madonna's henchman <laughs> says, <laughs> says, well, it's because she told them she was part of Madonna's entourage and that's why they targeted her. Yes. And like that, that was, was the reason. Like, Ma- and, and screw her for telling them she was part of the Madonna entourage. She, it was sort of uh, this like, yeah. she deserves everything she got. Uh, Madonna, it was Madonna. That was very 1991 right. attitude. 100%. Like any, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it was Madonna who says it because I remember thinking, because Adrian had texted me and was like, she's kind of narcissistic or not kind of, you said she was. Yeah. And I was like, this is a great example of her narcissism is like she says that her hairstylist was basically raped Mm -hmm. by these people because she was connected to the Madonna. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, so gross. And you know what upset me about that scene for, I mean, obviously the reception, then the hairstylist shows up and she looks like a deer in the headlights. She looks like someone who has, you know, just experienced uh, assault Mm -hmm. and 
you know, here was this moment when Madonna, who basically is an influencer in on the pl- the only influencer on the planet, like the right. the Uber influencer yeah. in every city she goes to, she could she could have put heat on like the sex crimes unit of the local police wherever yeah. they were. I think it was yeah. New York City. But nothing, nothing, right. nothing. And this girl's like back at work. Back yes. at work. Like what the fuck? Yes. And so then, then like after this terrible thing happens, we're back to like Madonna's regular celebrity life. We get introduced to Sandra Bernhard. Mm-hmm. We get we watch Madonna basically sexual ha- harass to Antonio which- Banderas. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Elizabeth texts me. What happened to Sandra Bernhardt? And I was like, I think she got tired, just like all the rest of us. She just she took a seat. She's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done living this life. Um, and I do like this scene with Antonio Banderas, though, because she's like, Will you call me? You know, Madonna's asking him. And he's like, Yes, Madonna, I will call you. You know, <laughs> but wait, whatever wait, his accent I, is. I, I really do need to set that up because what, what blew me away is like, Sandra was like, Sandra Bernhardt was like, So, Madonna, who do you want to meet? Like, like, because. Warren Beatty was was now out of the picture. Yes, he left. And she's like, well, what man do you want to meet? And like, Madonna's like, hmm. And I'm like, holy shit. Madonna has the ability. She is that famous and that hot at that moment to summon any man on the planet. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, if I had that magic power, who would I summon? Wait, who are you summoning? Yeah. I was going to ask you the same question. I didn't really come to anybody. I mean, I'm like, Brad Pitt 10 years ago. Uh oh, Adrian's like we Uh-oh. got fighting words. Oh my god, <laughs> Brad Pitt for now and forever. Though obviously, once he arrives, it's going to be a big fucking disappointment. So yeah. I get it. Uh, you know what? I revise. I'm picking Stanley Tucci. <laughs> what? That's a fucking safe choice. Save- He's going to make me a cocktail. He's a nice person. We can have nice, sweet sex. He's not going to disappoint me. Yeah, Stanley Tucci. He's he's going to be a sweet guy. Yeah, I agree with you. Great guy. <laughs> Karen doesn't look convinced. She's clearly not following Stanley Tucci on Instagram. I will help her with that. Yes. yes Wait, who are you? Who are you? Somebody. You, you know the answer. It's going to be Tommy Lee. Oh, hundred percent. God. What have you yes, learned? Be, nothing. I have learned from this podcast. Absolutely nothing. We from started this episode one with Tommy Lee, and clearly a glutton for punishment. I know. Well, if or if are you just thinking about that big D? It's the big D. It's okay. the big D. And right. like that, he's, he's kind of like rock and roll. I feel like you know my biggest crush lately has been Pedro Pascal, but he's too good. Night. He's like I was too good say, guy. You. He's he would be guy. a nice guy to you, and he's you know he looks pretty dirty to me most yeah, of the time. But I think Hygienically? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't shower very often. He needs to brush his hair. That's her vibe. That's fucking her vibe. (laughs) So, listen, I think, you know what? I want you to think about this. We can come back to it later in the show that, like, a growth moment for you might be choosing the dirty guy who might also be a decent person. Yes. Yeah. You mean Pedro? Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. I just feel like he'd be a Midwestern yes, no. I'm like, yeah, no. It's, like, it's still, not, Tommy. still gonna be Tommy Lee. Karen looks really like I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned. Karen's like, like, we've got so much to talk about. Wow. This, is, this is what I'm telling you. Yes, so the, Anton- the fucking right, movie. Then Antonio Banderas basically ghosts Madonna and Madonna's super pissed. I loved it's it. It's because he's married, basically. Yes. Was and he yes. married then? Yes. Yes. The wife was just kept looking she was there. like she was there watching, but she was like chill. Mm-hmm. Because they're Spanish, they kept going like, "Oh, well, you know, there's he's Spanish. They're Spanish. They're Spanish. Like, they don't they don't care to, to have like a, a great relationship. I don't know what that meant anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, and the truth or dare moment, I did think it was interesting because we did Pam and Tommy at the beginning of the season. Um, one of the dancers asked Madonna about love, and she's like, "Sean was my greatest love." Mm-hmm. And I feel I do feel like a little sadness about people who are in. Um, 
who can have that kind of longing even yeah. after you've left someone and you're like, that person's a shit person, but yeah. I still love them. But bear in mind, this is only, I think, a couple of years after. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and Sean Penn's also a total maniac. Oh, so those that's why they two broke up. together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then um, then I, we get this like weird voiceover where we watch Madonna like working. She's like on the phone and she's like rustling Cor- some papers. A phone. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> no, no cell phones back then, folks. And I was like, wow, she's on a fucking yeah. corded <laughs> yeah. phone. Yeah. And they're doing this whole voiceover about like Madonna is just a real big boss. Madonna's, you know, she wants people to think that she's hard, but she's not hard. So there's like these weird voiceovers about who she is. And then she has this whole conversation about like, I can't believe this is my life. Sometimes I feel like an imposter. You know, that's an, an important theme, I think, in the in the show. But I was also like, shut up, Madonna. You're Madonna. Like, well, I had she no... is an imposter. I mean, the entire thing, like, I, I don't want to take everything back to the Enneagram. But <laughs> I mean, to me, like, I'm like, she's probably. Do you know what the Enneagram is? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, she... I don't know what my number is, though. Oh, well, you know what? Come back <laughs> next <laughs> week. Um, to me, she's probably a three. And like, this is all, you know, it's all about image and artifice and like, performing a personality versus yes. like mm-hmm. being really connected to like who you are. So I'm like, yeah, girl. It yeah, is. she's she's so rough. Yeah. And um, then we ended the film with her uh, doing the last song, which is Keep It Together, which is all about family. Mm-hmm. And she's got like she's in bed with her dancers and telling them to take off their clothes mm-hmm. and like to do some weird shit, kissing them and whatever. Punching them. Yes, definitely sexually harassing yes. them. I mean, I think this is not this yes. is not a cool moment. Yeah, it feels very icky. And I think back then it must have felt like very revolutionary, which yeah. is odd. Um, but, you know, we all make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she just talks about like how important it is to like choose your family and that family should always, you know, your family and friends are the same. Um, which I was like, but it's not true. Like, it's not true in her case. You know, she is using these people for these. <laughs> well, she is. She's using these yes! people for like this dancing moment. They're like, they have a work relationship, not a family relationship, which brings us to all the things that Gen Z say, which is like, they hate when you're at, a, at an office and someone's like, we're family. Oh, that is such a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. One of the most important things my dad ever told me like years ago, like in the in the 90s was your your work, your work, uh, your coworkers are not your family. And that was like. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Yeah. You're so right. It is true. It yeah. is true. Um, I'm glad that my coworkers are not my family because I, I don't like one of them. I'm and friends only have with two. all my coworkers <laughs> from like all my mm. jobs. So shout out, everybody. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get to the meat of it then. Let's, let's, let's do let's, it. Let's start, let's start with Wait, work, actually. Uh, Karen, where do you want to start? Uh, you know, I, I, I want to offer a, a complete counter narrative oh, to good. what has been put out. Be, I love you know, it. I watched this film and I truth truth or dare truth I did not I didn't see it at the time. Oh. What I saw was another movie that gets trotted out a lot when truth or dare is being mentioned which is Paris is Burning. I mm-hmm. love Paris, Paris is Burning. Paris is Burning is oh, like so good. Oh my god, I saw it and my life was changed. It's one of those few one of the few movies that like changed my life. Star Wars being another one. <laughs> But just to put that out there, but no, really, it changed my life. But the counter narrative I want to offer is that, you know, I was looking at this movie thinking it was going to be super dated. And I was really pleasantly surprised to see it is not dated one effing iota. And it's not dated in my mind because here's Madonna. Like, I remember when it came out, everyone was like, oh, my God, Madonna is such a bitch. She is such a bitch bitch in this movie oh you're just gonna be repulsed and la 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 that's that was that was what was going on at the time and I watched it and I'm like yeah she's a boss bitch 
But if there was a dude in this position, they'd be like, business as usual. Yeah, this no guy. one would question it. And I feel like she offered up something to women at the time, uh, cis women, of like, you know, to if you want to be head of an operation, not to like condone being an asshole, because there's, <laughs> there's many times when she is an asshole, but this idea of playing nice or being nice, being sweet, being kind, like... She didn't have time for that. Like right. she, you know, she was 32 years old. She was managing this like burgeoning fucking empire. Yeah. It's an empire. She's worth 550 million right now. <laughs> <laughs> I checked that out. But, you know, you know, this was like her moment of explosion out into the like stratosphere, sure. right? And and there, I just watched her and yes, you can say she was narcissistic and yes, you can say there was sexual harassment and certainly there was. And certainly she's completely disassociated and certainly she's a control freak and all of these things. But I was just watching her being like, wow, she's like making it happen for herself. And yes, she is, com- you know, yes, she's completely performing because, you know, her offstage sexual harassment stuff, it's not like she's intrinsically a sexy person. Like she doesn't- oh, really? You don't think so? I, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's not like she's sensual. She doesn't strike me as a person in her body. Yeah, well, I would say that. You know, she's not- she's it's, like, It seems very performative. It's totally you know? performative. Right. But she brought to the world this idea of like shame-free sexuality. She yeah. was the- Yes. You know, and I'm like, okay, snaps to you- that bed scene, the masturbation scene was like, you know, still to this day, I think it's important that that was a part. Like now it's nothing, right? Now it's like everyone kind of does that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the time it was like, okay, she's For doing, sure. you know, and I think that that is like, that's what she brings to the table here. So, so I have two I have two questions, two things. One, I want to say, I agree with you about her being a boss bitch and like trying to like show this thing and like men, if it was a man, no one would question it. But I also think that a man wouldn't be like, I'm the father to all these no, dancers. Uh, well, no, God, which I think no. that's, I yeah. think that's the part that gets like, yeah, what's happening like here, like that part of oh, it. Oh yeah, that's. Although I, I do think that men would be like, we are family here at this business. But oh, we're, no, no, we're a team. We're a team. <laughs> Dear God, we're a team. So yeah. don't you fuck around tonight on stage. But I would, I would say, like, so far as sexuality and like women, like being half clothed now, or like that they're like, I like having sex. There seems to be like a very big difference between how they do it now and what Madonna did. Like, because I think what Madonna was doing was like, I am putting out a statement mm-hmm. by doing these things. Where I think women now, when we're when we talk about these things, we're like. It feels more authentic, I guess I would say. Oh, you know, it's nuance. Yes, like there's there's like a a weird thing because, to your point, is she's like setting she's setting us all up to like feel okay about these things, and so when people are feeling like we as women as we grow and we're changing, and we're feeling more and more comfortable about our bodies and comfortable about saying like we like sex or like saying like I'm not afraid to give head, then. The image is different, like on social media, you know, which we talked about with Warren Beatty about what goes on tape and what mm-hmm. doesn't go on tape. But um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting growth to watch. I guess I would say it's like it's been interesting to watch it. I also think though that a lot of it is about being provocative and mm-hmm. being a business person. Right. You know what and I mean? And she says she goes. 
I, I love that moment in the movie when she says to, I don't know if it was one of her backup singers, I know I don't have the best voice. I know I don't write the best songs, mm-hmm. but I'm here to be provocative. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's some truth. Right. Like she knows what sells and what she can do. So I, I agree that like what she's doing sexually or saying sexually or wearing you know, her clothes, like it feels disconnected from probably what her actual like sexual being is. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, for sure. I mean, obviously, we can all agree that she, like, blasted open the door for everybody else. Lady Gaga, right. Katy Perry, Kim Taylor Kardashian. Swift. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody that came after and built careers that were about who they were or their image was, you know, Madonna did it first. And, Elizabeth, I love what you said about, like, it was a statement. There was nothing new. Like, this was really so new. There was nothing nuanced about the statement. It was kind of a black and white, like... This is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like sexuality or bust. Like right. like be hot or you know be provocative or forget it. Yeah, I think I also I mean this is one of the things I wanted to discuss as a theme is um I keep, I kept watching it and thinking with the Madonna today knowing everything that she knows and having grown as she has grown would she still have done the same things would it still have been like as like fierce and fiery I don't think fiery? we can trust the Madonna of today <laughs> I don't know she said she got Britney Spears she's got Britney Spears she said something like I was I was reading in Wikipedia my go to for all news sources is she said she like regret she was saying to Glad she was at a Glad event um, like I really regret some of the things that happened in that movie. Like, and I can't even remember what she was. Well, regretting. she got she got sued by a number of the, the dancers. dancers. Yeah, because For what? Well, because they asked her not to put certain things in the film. She put them in the film. Mm. They asked her. They some of them thought like that she painted them to be like really really crappy. I think Ollie's one of them. And he's like, you know, we were young. We changed things like mm-hmm. change, and now I have this like permanent record of me being a dick. Right, because it know? was the beginning of reality TV. Like they didn't have yeah. the right contracts yet. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I think about that too. Like I think, um, you know, your sexuality when you're 20, 25, or whatever age she is at this point, is a lot different as we age. And Karen, you know, you work with people about intimacy and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like how it changes as we get older, how it shifts. Well, I think as you get older, you start seeing where there are your your desires change, your intentions change, and you know, uh, you know, folks obviously let. I'm speaking so broadly right now, but like when you're, you can get specific, when, we're, we're interested in your story. Well, when when you're young, when you're young, there's like general horniness will get you through, right? And then as you get older, it's like wow, there's there's issues. I have issues. I have issues relating, or I have issues in bed that I haven't been addressing, and and a lot of it, you know, will you know, it comes back to family of origin. It comes back to trauma. It comes back to what society is heaped on our heads around shame, around sexuality. And it's like undoing these knots um, is it, it takes time. It takes uh, really uh, getting in touch with yourself. I mean, this sounds so, I don't know, um, typical, but it's true, like really getting in touch with your body and what does your body want and need. It's not It's not like, so I was really tracking Madonna, like her dis, her real disconnection mm-hmm. from things. That really struck me. I'm like, well, she has, you know, her one of her brothers is an addict. Her mother died at five years old. I'm like, this. she was sexually assaulted. Like all of this makes sense to me. Like I was, I was tracking. I'm like, yeah, the way she acts totally made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that that, not that, if those things happen to you, you're going to be a Madonna. But like, um, but it just kind of that really wanting to be really in control. Mm-hmm. I, I I found that 
Yes, I agree with you on all of those points. I found when I was thinking about it and reflecting in it is, you know, when I was younger and I was um, chasing after boys and and girls and like um, wanting to have sex, a lot of it for me was like about proving things to myself, proving to myself that I could be wanted or proving to myself that I could be good at this thing that no one taught me about, proving to myself that somehow someone saw me. And it was one of the biggest lessons I I walked away with when my kids started to talk about sex because I said to them, you know, it, women should have pleasure. It's great. Uh, the one thing I ask you not to do is to have sex with people in order to prove a point to yourself or to justify your existence, mm-hmm. um, which is the way that I, I really definitely saw sex as like a, a young person. Um, and when I'm watching Madonna do this, I kept thinking to myself, this is exactly like how I would fuck. It would just be like this rampant, like, ah! <laughs> Like there was no, there was just like, give me this and I'm going to put this in my mouth and I'll let you put this in my body. But like, it was never like, it. it's not like I have the way that I want to approach or look at sex currently, right? Yeah. which is completely different, which is like, I need to feel connected. I need to feel safe. I need to feel uh, w- desired in a way that isn't just physical. Well, I, you know, when we're young, we really don't know what our nervous systems need, you know, and it's like a lot about like our nervous system in in real time in bed and you know to it, it's just too adrenalized at that point when we're young right or we're shut down or there's just so much going on <laughs> you know there's yeah. so much going on and it's like as you get older like things start coming in of like maybe maybe there's a different way to do this right yeah yeah <laughs> Adrian you're quiet over there <laughs> Well, you know, I'm just taking it in. I'm thinking a lot, you know, and I'm wondering about, you know, like who Karen works with, like how many, like do do men come to you and say like, I, um, you know, I tried to sleep with Adrian and I, <laughs> I was like trying to spank her and choke her and she was like, why are you doing this? We're 43 years old. Like, where did you get this idea? And <laughs> Do they come to you? Do they try to work it out? Like how they could be better at it? Well, I I work mostly with couples, but I will say that right because the women are like, why is he trying to choke me? And <laughs> I think the choking phenomenon. Yes, you know, really. I'm glad you brought up the choking phenomenon. Right, it's because a porn thing. It it is because like I remember like I was married for 20 years and and you know I got divorced like eight years ago and like when I was dating guys before my marriage, like it was sort of like. We're having sex, right? You know, I mean, I was not a kinkster, um, you know, before I got married, married, and so it was just like you know, typical vanilla sex. And then suddenly, I got back out into the dating field twenty years later. And Karen, we're sisters. <laughs> everyone, this is, this is my experience. Everyone wanted to choke me mm-hmm. without oh consent, or yeah. without or consent. fucking spooge on your face, or in your hair. Yeah, there was, or a, like there was a they, whole different dynamic yes, going on. It was very yes, interesting to me, and yes. I was like, "What do you? What, why are you choking me? Why yes. do you think I like this?" I told and Elizabeth I, I had better sex when I was sixteen years old <laughs> than men offer me at forty-three. Mm-hmm. Literally, mm-hmm. literally, mm-hmm. this is consistent. Yeah. Yes. That, it's a true message. I mean, I have, I, I, yeah, I, I, I run in con- in in consent more consent circles now mm-hmm. where people are really checking in with each other, so yeah. that really doesn't happen. But it was it was it was startling. Mm-hmm. It was startling to me. Mm-hmm. What was startling is like, why do you think I would enjoy this? And then maybe the answer is, who gives a shit if you enjoy it? Uh, that's ding oh, ding man, ding man that's, ding ding that's ding. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's my general experience of sex in my like late thirties and forties. Is that the. I, <sighs> I feel that they 
are not necessarily able to care if you enjoy it because they are so disconnected or there's something, you know, yeah, they're not socialized to care. Like if they care about you. So, you know, to any of the actual boyfriends I have, like shout out, you're fine. But like, you know, <laughs> random people like they they if they're not caring about you as a person, which I think men have a hard time doing like, OK. I'm going to back up. So one of my friends is suddenly dating women. I'm watching her do this, and it is a smorgasbord of delights. I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? Like, she's been out with, like, six women, all of which she would see again. Like, just the options seem endless. And one thing I've really noticed is they both seem to arrive at a date with this sort of understanding that like at the very least we could be friends Mm. right Mm. like they both roll in like you're a person i'm a person like let's talk maybe we could be friends maybe we're gonna fuck right that is not how i experience dating men at all you know like it's all about like do they want to fuck me like when are they gonna show me a picture of their dick like what's gonna happen we go on a date there's no really like basis of just like being respectful of me like as a person which is why I don't date much dates right like even setting up her dates are always like this long process of getting to a date to figure out a date and a time and a place it's just like and then they like act like assholes Right, so if somebody treats me like I would treat my friend, they're like, oh my God, like, oh, he's fucking great. Like, you know, like it's wild to me, like the the sort of base is so low. Like you've just, you were respectful of me? Like, yes. (laughs) Well, I think it's... for me, it's like how uh, raising raising the base. You know, it's like yeah. it's like really putting out. You know, this is this is where this is this is the um, this is where I'm starting. Mm-hmm. This this is my start point, which is I don't even know if I want to date you. Mm-hmm. I haven't even decided yet if I am going to date you. Right, mm-hmm. and and I would prefer some sort of friendship developing before we go on a date. Like right. that's where I am right now. Yeah. I wasn't there. Like. I was like a major fuck fest for years. And it was great. I love this for you. It was, Wait, it was great. great with men? Yeah, it was. Uh, Karen, can I've you had, tell I've me had, what I've, to I've, do? I've had very little bad sex. Karen, I mean, listen, I would love to have good sex. I'm being serious. I would love for you to give me a step-by-step instruction of like how to leave this studio and like start enacting this in my life. I will say, my friend who's dating women, one of the women gave her like a questionnaire about like what sort of like sexual stuff she was into and like yada yada yeah. and my um, yes no maybe list yeah my my yes, friend no, maybe list I don't even tell us more about it the yes no maybe list sort of comes out of the kink community you can get them at like they 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 exist like at the pleasure chest but you can also get them online and they are basically <laughs> this is a whole new world for of me. course it's on the internet Elizabeth it's, it's basically a checklist that you know and typically I don't even know if it's really if folks that are like hooking up use it but you know when you're starting to get to know someone maybe had sex a couple times it's like what sort of um things do you want to do in bed what what what's a yes like oh i want to have you know handcuffs or i want to be restrained or um yes i want to spank i like spanking uh, giving receiving like mm-hmm. those are two like, it's like mm-hmm. giving receiving i want to do this give or receive then the maybe is like mm, i might be able to let's talk about this yeah. and then hard nose like no absolutely you know um needle play no no come you know? in my hair don't come in my hair <laughs> no. okay that's like don't come in and, and like yeah there's i think there's rooms you could like next to the box you could be like not in hair <laughs> right <laughs> boobs okay yes yes karen i am fine with that 
Yes. And my friend Jeremy and I were laughing frottage. about this. Yeah. Is it called Frottage? Yeah. We were, were laughing you... about this because he was, we're doing a storytelling show. Elizabeth's going to be in it too. And it's in a couple weeks. And we were talking about what I should write. He was like, you should write a questionnaire for straight men to fuck you. Like what? Like what's on it? You know, because it's so impossible. Yes. <laughs> like more in a humorous. Yes. No, maybe. Like, I don't know. Would you text me if I texted you? <laughs> Yes, but, no, maybe. But here, no, th- I mean, these are the things that need to be front-loaded. Yeah. Front-loaded, like, yeah. like, I'm just here right now to tell you that I, uh, Jeremy, I'm just going to pull the name yeah, Jeremy do it. out of my ass. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy look, here's the thing. Like, I, uh, you know, if, if I just want to let you know that, like, if we're going to fuck tonight, I really would appreciate a text tomorrow morning or when you get home. Right. Like, yeah. that's real. that kind of, like, that's really important to me. It makes right. me feel, like, safe, like, blah, 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 right. blah, 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 blah. Do and, you find that men respond well to that? Um, yeah, but, you know, it's I, I, I haven't been in a situation where that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. typically. I, think I, I can only think of one partner who just regularly did not do that. And yeah. uh, Wait, where um, are you he, meeting men, Karen? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm well, you're, like, not, you, you're not like into the fuck fest oh, world. You're, it's I don't know that I'm not. It's a place. Really? Um, like polyamory events uh-huh. and um, yeah, like sex positive events. Uh-huh. I, I really don't like the dating apps. No, they're terrible. They're, they're, yeah. It's really awful because you can really get more of a sense with someone when you just see them mm-hmm. and just start. To, so I am. I'm kind of app negative. Mm-hmm. I'm app negative. So you like to roll into an event and see who you might want to fuck. Yeah. You get a temperature right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's I think, very efficient. I was yeah. say, I think the one difference between like the polyamory or sex positive world versus like regular like dating life, of course, I haven't been dating in a long time, but I, I would say is that when you walk into those events, you're already making a statement. Right. You're mm-hmm. making a statement that you want that you're open to a lot of things that you're willing to be vulnerable to a certain point. You know, I don't I don't. Is, is that the experience? You yeah. Had? And I mean, it's like not like I'm rolling in the I'm not rolling into the events to, to be like for a quick pickup. Like mm-hmm. it's really like, um, let's just see who's here and let's just have a conversation. And like but but you're right. There's there's an I would say there's more of an agreed upon base of like. It's not 100 percent, though. You yeah, know, of there's, course. There's assholes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> but like it's it is. Yeah. There, I think there is more more agreement about like what good sex constitutes. Mm-hmm. It constitutes checking in with someone. and Right. Or both people having a good time. Yeah. 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 I also think that there's a lot more communication that happens in the world of polyamory in terms of like, you know, in a, in a ideal situation, people are having conversations about how, how much, uh, what people want and what people are willing to do. But also on top of that, just being like, is this okay with you? Mm-hmm. Are you okay with this? Does this make you comfortable? Are we both comfortable? Should we all talk to each other? You know, that's like, yeah. that's very hard. I think in a, you know, I'm in a straight relationship basically. And it is like sometimes trying to get my husband to tell me anything, even sexually makes me like want to rip his face off. <laughs> it's like, he's just so, he's just like, so, um, he's just so like, uh, what would you say? Um, I think like, he's just like not, been told that he can talk about these things in a way that right. I think I feel I can. Yeah, you know? it's about like sometimes I think people feel like they need to be given permission. And you know, comes that comes back to, you know, I was trained more in somatic methods. And the somatic method is you you're checking in with your body and your bodily impulses at, at the most basic level because they can surprise you because we get la- what gets layered on and, and it kind of cuts us off is what society expects 
you know, vis-a-vis like religion, religious expectations, which are woven into society whether or not you even grew up religiously. You know, there's like morality, there's shame, there's like so much. And so people are just completely cut off from, you know, these natural impulses in their body. You know, like, like say like, you know, if I was with the two of you in bed, right? Oh, hello. <laughs> I didn't I'm know so this glad. was. <laughs> right? I'm so glad we invited Karen to I the show. Say, I did not know this was an option. <laughs> <laughs> we have some time. <laughs> Let's move this table out of the way. No, wait, we've got a table. We have, oh my God, we, we got a table. Cameras. We have cameras. <laughs> but like we would discuss like before we like jumped into bed, like what 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 are we thinking here? And then like, then we would, you're smiling. I think you, I think you like this. Well, no, I'm just thinking like, I'm trying to think. I, my last partner, there was a lot of discussion. I didn't hate it. It was great, you know, but I'm trying to think if in my like overall life, there's been a lot of discussion before sex and probably not or but if you're in the if you're in the moment like right and like let's say i really did have an an impulse to to like spank you like i was like oh i really want to spank her ass mm-hmm. oh my god you know? she just got like really sexy i know voice. karen's very <laughs> sexy like, wow christine turns out the heat it's yeah. hot here sexier than madonna she seems to be in her body <laughs> you know what's <laughs> happening <laughs> Am I starting my hot flashes now? <laughs> but I would say, you know, Adrian, I I really want to. <laughs> I really want to spank you on yeah. your ass. If you what said you it think? in that way, I mean, she has this huge <laughs> smile on her yeah, face. She seems really enthusiastic about it. I'd be like, dude, yeah, <laughs> all right. But let's get back yeah, to yeah. the choking. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. So let's. let's talk about the choking. Yeah. Like you can front load that, Adrian. You can say before you get into bed with someone, <laughs> I, I got a couple of bottom lines and I just have to lay them out to you. Yeah, yeah. One, no um no uh pain. Mm-hmm. I am not into pain. Some people are totally not into pain. Mm-hmm. I am not into pain. And I gotta be really clear, no choking. One hundred percent. That yeah. is my hard bottom line. Yeah. Um, and that is that's really good. Yeah. That doesn't take a lot, right? But but let's say we were in bed, mm-hmm. um, and you didn't hadn't sta- stated that, mm-hmm. you know, like like wow, Adrian, I really I I want to put my hands around your neck. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? I'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it would be more of a turn off. Um, that's just, a, that's a hard t- tor- corner to turn in the middle of the bedroom. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. I would definitely not say that. I'm from the Midwest. I'm a nice person. I would be like, eh, maybe not. You know, <laughs> you'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, no. In yeah, my no. head, I'd be, I'd be like already texting Elizabeth. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> but then, what would you do if the guy's like, okay, fair enough, and then like went on and then pleasured uh, you in another way? I don't know. Karen, Maybe then I check in after. Check men. in after the event, after the sex. I have not met a man who can take a redirection and recover. <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Honestly, in a way that's like, you know. <laughs> I mean, listen. You know, I'm raising a. My kid is about to turn fourteen. 
And, you know, I think he found porn. Elizabeth, was he like eight, nine? He, he was he was young, yeah. Or, I mean, I mean and, and he, listen, it, was, it was just him, do, like, he was just being like a kid. Like, he went yeah, through the internet and right, he found it. Right, this is like not yeah. shocking. I'm not upset about that. But, like, I sat him down and I talked to him. I was like, look, like, here's the reason I don't want you engaging with this. Because, like, in reality, like, when you do start, like, having these experiences, you don't want them informed by something that's, like, totally, like, not real and, like, doesn't really show how any of this actually is and like what people actually want to do and like you want to be able to like explore in a consensual way that's like you know I mean I read Judy Bloom's Forever this this was my introduction to sex and to be real the sex I had from like 16 17 18 was that sort of like sweet like you know two people discovering stuff sex and that is definitely the journey I would prefer for him than like him learning like oh I watch these videos and these girls seem to really love it when they're being choked and like fucking spooged on and right, like right. whatever and, and there is stuff like there is porn literacy that parents can find like yeah. I, I will just say if there's any parents listening like there is stuff called you know if you search porn literacy you will find things like how to talk to your kids about yeah, yeah, yeah. porn. I also think that one thing, I know that you're saying this thing about like choking, but like one of the things that we are talking about for you also is like what what you were discussing earlier about like what creates that kind of intimacy. And part of what you've always said is like you could be on board on something as long as you feel really, really safe with a person. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that that's the hard place to get to because yeah. I don't think that most people, even women... Um, have been taught that it's okay to ask for consent from mm-hmm. the person that we can talk to our partners. I mean, what we went to Scotland based on Outlander. That's <laughs> like, true. I don't know where we, she's going with this, no. but that is a factual statement. Yes. <laughs> we did it because we were all her and I, and we were like all watching Outlander. And the thing that we all kept coming back to is like this Jamie, who's like the main character. Do in you Outlander, watch this show? No. Okay. Oh my God. Well, she's it's, got. She's so going to set it up then. Yeah. So he's a Scottish guy, and he has this woman who comes back. It's from back the in future. the day during yeah, the Jacobites. Like, yes. <laughs> he's uh, in a kilt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's in a kilt. He's always carrying like you know he's fist fighting people or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Jamie has a lover. Her name's Claire, and um, every time he touches her. He asks for her permission. No, and also you she know? teaches him how to fuck. He's yes. never fucked. And she's yes. like older. Yes. And it's super it's super hot. Like yeah. if any guys are listening to this show, it is super hot yes. when you come in and you're like, Can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's super when, hot yes. when you're oh like, gosh. Can I can I go down on you? Consensual, like all of this is like consensual makeout is yeah. un effing believable yes and in Outlander not only is Jamie (laughs) super fucking hot he is like the greatest gentleman who ever existed because his whole thing is just like Claire yeah may I kiss you (laughs) but she teaches him all the things to do which is also very hot because right it's flipped like all the media that we see about sex is about like you know men doing x y and z and like this is definitely from like a female focus where yes yeah so that's why we love it there must have been a a female writer there was it's all female yeah a female writer and a female director for the show and even like at some point Jamie and Claire have to get married I forget why but anyways (laughs) it's their wedding day and he's just like not He's like waiting to like to, for her to make the move for them to have sex mm-hmm. for the first time, and then that's like her first teaching moment. Yeah, and it's just like like I'm like getting pink in yeah. the face. It I'm is just very like, oh, hot. It's so sexy. They're in their bodies for sure. So when you, <laughs> <laughs> when you're working with uh, couples, do you find a, a certain themes that come up again and again? I mean, you don't have to get specific, obviously, for the 
sake of your couples. But I would say the biggest theme is there is stuff going on in each person's head that is not getting coming out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. That there's like a whole like world inside someone's head when they're in bed with someone, and it's a lot of shoulds and I shouldn't or I I, I want to do this. I'm not. It's like. It's like squelching, squelching impulses, or it's like really not knowing. It's like um, I see with a lot of cis men, there's like the playbook in the head, like like the, there's a, a standard playbook, and a good man immediately eats you out. <laughs> this is the other playbook, you know. They immediately they're like, I would get this out of the way, yeah, <laughs> right. Like there's just a playbook, and that's fine, you know. But like that, if you have like if the playbook is. Um, too like tattooed into your brain like it's like you can't you can't really work around the playbook like there's not a lot of impulsivity and um there's a lot of goals it's a lot about goals the goals are orgasm mm-hmm. there's all the goal is orgasm orgasm or bust or the goal is if you're dealing with a heterosexual couple penis in vagina sex mm-hmm. goal and so to really kind of work with folks of like hey it's bigger than that mm-hmm. you know it's the it's bigger than that and it's like about you know really helping folks um communicate more like and and really break it down of like what am i what do i really want to do right now and what am i willing to receive right now you know these dynamics of um why am i doing this why am i touching this person is it for me or is it for the other person Mm -hmm. um a lot of people don't know a lot of people don't know why, you know, it's, it's very, it's like, so it's like really breaking it down into the mo- most basic things. I um, have a personal story because I had, um, I've been sexually assaulted by an intimate partner. And um, after that, like having orgasms aren't easy for me, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't have orgasms. Um without like the help of an aide. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I found that was like a lot of my lovers would really focus on trying to make me come because right. it was a goal for them, but not only a goal for them, but they felt like if I didn't, then we would be in the situation where they have failed me in somehow. Yeah. And what I don't think that they understood was like, if they would just calm down <laughs> and it's like, like kind of let me be led by say, to Adrian's you know, thing is like to be feel safe, to feel comforted, to feel like this is a place that I belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like you can't really necessarily, or you wouldn't necessarily want to explain it to someone who's like a one night stand. You don't need to like. I didn't want to go like, oh yeah. So I had this like. I don't even know that I realized that that was an issue for me until later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, until like much after it had happened, that it was like just something that wasn't gonna. It wasn't going to be that easy. And having to expose yourself with this emotional bag, like, I don't know, I guess not emotional baggage, but to your point earlier, it's like this trauma. You just don't want to necessarily, you know, if you're fucking three people, you don't necessarily want to be like, hey, by the way. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I mean, I definitely have, have had hookup sex where it's like, yeah, oh, God, let's just let's just finish this thing off. I mean, it. <laughs> Let's just let's just move on. You know, this this was great for us, uh, like one night, but like or one hour, <laughs> thirty minutes. You know, it's, but I mean, so I mean, I will retract that. Like all, you know, it's not all of the sex I've had has been awesome. But like, thank there, God. But like, there is these moments. Yeah, uh, to your point, like Elizabeth, like I, yeah, it's like, uh, do I really want to get into it right now? Right. No, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'll try to be here as much as possible and 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 talk about what I want. But like. Mm. Yeah, and you can have so much fun without actually having an orgasm. 
Yeah. And I, you know, I have felt very satisfied with a lot of my sexual experiences where I haven't had orgasms. And I think it's like, you know, like, I, again, I think it's because it's like, I really do have fun with what we're doing. It's adult play. Oh, I guess this is, yeah, to your point about impulsivity. Because um, when you mentioned impulsivity, I was thinking like, why is that important? And now that I'm talking about that, now I get it. You know, like that I like the way someone feels or I like the way someone looks at me or like that there's this kind of joy between the two of us. And that's enough a lot of times for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> How do couples come to you? Like who bring is is like sometimes I'll get recommendations from talk therapists because um, like people who want to stay married. But this is like a big issue. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because couple couples like therapists, like talk therapists can can only go so far mm-hmm. with some things. But like uh, we'll have like a gym mat on the floor and I'll like walk people through exercises. I mean, it's like fully clothed, but it's mm-hmm. more like. Like touch base, like communication, like how you know, like are you really there? Like what are you? What's what's going on inside right now? You know, mm-hmm. it seems like you would have to be um, people who are really invested in your relationship to be vulnerable in that way. To be like, we're not doing this right, and like we want to learn. Yeah, I mean, most of the people who come to me are invested. Um, there's there's very few people that like you can tell like, ooh, this is this is the last gasp. Mm-hmm. That's that's a rarity. It's more like people who are are invested and mm-hmm. want to just do something different for yeah. sure. For sure. How did you get into this work? Um, I became I, I I trained in Tantra after after so I had a long career Ooh, a little sting it, moment <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a long that, career famous I had a long career in performance as an actor and a director and then um I moved into I got divorced so I went through this whole sex sexual exploration and, and it led me to Tantra and so I got certified in Tantra and Tantra is amazing and it's you know it's working with energy um because you had asked earlier, Elizabeth, you know, I work with sound. That's another type of energy work. But eventually I found what I found was sexological body work and somatic work. And that was a little more grounded than Tantra. Um, and so that was like more anatomy based and really understanding what, what happens and like how, understanding how trauma affects the body and the mm-hmm. nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so that's how uh, I that's how I started. And I started the show first. I started Wild and, and Sublime first doing the show, doing the podcast, and then moved into intimacy coaching from there. Yeah, Incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, you're doing good work, Karen. <laughs> I know. I wish we could. you could start something where you like just teach men, <laughs> single men in Chicago specifically. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> just workshops. Do charity work and just do it for free. Yes, like a nonprofit, just like, you know. We'll fund it. We'll fund it. I was going to say, all the single women in Chicago would fund it for just to have better experiences. The Institute. Yeah. We'll start an institute. Yes. Yes. Do you find, I'm curious about like, you know, when women come through, do you find a lot about like suppression and fear? Of sex, or do you feel like that's kind of shifted over the generations? I mean, like my mother told me nothing about sex. Mm, yeah. yeah. What do I find? I find, you know, I find trauma. Right. There's people that have been sexually, you know, traumatized at various points uh, in their life. Um, I see, um, like a lot of. How can I put this? It's a like a lot of um, beneath the surface. Um, not knowing what people what they like 
You know, That's people a good one. don't know what they like because the script is so heavy. The mm-hmm. script, they, you know, it's like life hands you a script when you're an adolescent of like, this is the way it should be. And sometimes that script is like, you know, dress provocatively or, you know, you know, acquiesce to your partner or whatever it is. But like what we actually want is, is a, a mystery because there hasn't been a lot of self, self-exploration. There's still a lot of shame around masturbation. So people don't take, especially people of a certain era. I think people may maybe 35 and under explore more with masturbation. But uh, as you get older, that those generations don't sit in bed all day with like oil and toys and like to see what do I like? Yeah. You know, erotic exploration. So it's, it's, it's a little bit unknown, you know, for people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me too, actually. I, I don't know that anyone ever really said, Elizabeth, this is how masturbation works. <laughs> but like I bought I've bought Adrian's kid a book for about sex and I bought my friend's kid a book. And um, I was remembering like looking at those books and being like, Wow, they're just gonna talk about it like that. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. I will say, Karen, you tell me what you think about this. <laughs> I will say that masturbation in our household <laughs> happens at about three thirty. <laughs> We live in a condo. Like so, the whole the whole family no, masturbates at three thirty. No, That's cool. No, but like you know, maybe I'm getting ready to prepare dinner. I could be getting on a Zoom call. Who knows? But you know, the child has come home from school and he goes into his room and there's like a door shut moment. And you know, like at one point, I did have a laugh with him. I was like, you know, in my day, we waited for our parents to be not home, or there was the shower. Like there were, and he's yeah. just like, uh, whatever. Like we've given like so much. Like this is natural. This is normal. Like. In our house, there's no like cloak and dagger. No, <laughs> because, cool. because most of the day, is it cool? cool? Is it yeah. fine? Oh, because most cool. of the day, okay. most of the day, he leaves the door open. So when he yes. closes the door, yes. that's oh, how she yes. knows. That's the, I was that wondering. Yes. I was like, yes. okay. Yes. Well, yes. also, I'm a single parent, so like we're very like, um, you know, like we're tight. We're like, yeah. I, I don't think. He, we're not like big secret keepers. Mm-hmm, we talk mm-hmm. about a lot. And I think a lot of that is just about the fact that it's like the two of us. So for him, I think it is very much like, you know, why I've told him he doesn't have to be ashamed. So he's not. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and then I'm I love like, it. I, love I don't that. know. You know, I'm about to get on a Zoom call. Like, <laughs> but listen, I, if you think it's fine, you I know, think it's great. I think it is amazing. Great. It's great. great. Good. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I think it's good stuff. I mean, I had a situation where um, I accidentally opened my youngest kid's uh, package. Oh. oh, yes. This was great. Yes. And I opened wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. Package. Like, like it was a, a box. It was okay. an Amazon okay. delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, you know, they're in high school at the time. And I like open up this Amazon delivery and there's a vibrator in it. And I'm like, oh, my God. She sparked a tear. She was so fucking proud. <laughs> I was so I was like, oh my god, how do I like? I completely panicked actually because I was like, how do I say that I I I my kid was in the basement watching television and I went down and had the box and I was like, I I wasn't paying attention. I'm I'm so sorry. It wasn't my like it wasn't my intention to open your box. I respect your privacy. I love <laughs> you, and um, congratulations. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> I'm so proud. Like I'm so happy that you made this decision. And you're taking the reins of your pleasure. You're taking the reins of your pleasure. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't say rain's a pleasure, but I will remember that <laughs> yes. for the future. Yes. Oh my God, Karen, this has been so fun. I, mean, I loved having you. Amazing. I had a amazing. ball. Yes, this has been great. Okay, well, um, let's talk about last thoughts. We have last thoughts. And oh, we'll- this is where we do, like, do you have other music movie recommendations? Well, I do want to talk about Paris is Burning. Yes. yes. Great. Yes, That's I a love great that call. Film. I wish I would have thought of that. This, yeah. This, yeah. this movie came out a year before Madonna's, uh, like, uh, Truth or Dare. And the reason it is, it gets brought up a lot with Truth or Dare is that, you know, the song Vogue Right, Vogue, she's Vogue, stealing Vogue. it from the gays. She, yeah, she's well. She's basically taking it from ball culture. Yes. and you know, Vogue, Voguing, and, and ball culture has had a resurgent resurgence. You can find it all over Instagram. But like, Paris is burning is a lot about you know the black and Hispanic gay culture of New York City. Mm-hmm. It's it, the poor culture. It's it's a hugely hugely important movie, and it is fantastic. Yes, so I. Really, it's a documentary. I really recommend it highly. And occasionally, it plays at the music box. It does on yes. the big screen. So and I, I saw highly, it. Yes, I, yeah. I highly recommend that people do that. Yeah, Adrian. Oh well, you know, I'm just gonna say, as the resident basic bitch of "Don't Ruin This for Me," <laughs> my favorite music movie is Katy Perry, "A Piece of Me," because specifically, <laughs> first of all, it's a great film, but specifically, you know, she gets dumped by her husband like during. Like right before she's supposed to go on stage, she's, Russell Brand, right? Yes, she's Russell Brand. Brand. Oh, 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 wait, I, I take it back about who I would choose, Russell Brand. <laughs> oh, I bet he's a lot of fun. And with oh all God. your consent oh talk, you guys are having fucking... a great time. God. <laughs> well, Katy Perry got <laughs> dumped Karen's by him right. right before she was supposed to go on for her big concert, and like her makeup artists are trying to do her hair. She's sobbing, you know, whatever. And then she puts on her candy cane tits, and they start spinning, and they put her on a thing, and she rises up. She puts her smile on, and she rises up, and you know, I fucking ever. I've seen it multiple times. Mm. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kim always refers to it too because she's yes. always like when I feel down I think of her tits of, turning yep, on. Yep she turns her tits on and then she rises up onto the stage Amazing. just smile on her face. Uh, my, mine aren't, aren't actually that serious. Mine are very like spoofy. I would say uh, Spinal Tap is I was a movie. Gonna, yes, I can watch yes. that movie all the time. Oh it's God. hilarious. It's a great mockumentary. Um, and then there's a Canadian version of a similar thing called Anvil. The story of Anvil. <laughs> I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like they're like a heavy metal band, sure. and it's spoofy and hilarious. And oh my god, what this a was great a great show! I, I, I had love so it. much fun. I love. All it. right, thanks for listening to "Don't Ruin This for Me." Special thanks to the Lincoln Lodge and our producer Christine Ferreira, and our graphic designer Jessica Savage, who is now an RV life follower on so. Savage Living. I guess so. And thanks to Karen. Karen, where can our people find you? Do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna promote my show, Wild Good. and Sublime at Wild and Sublime on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me if you're looking for sound healing or intimacy coaching at karen-yates.com. And you guys it. should do it. Do yeah. it. We did do sound it. healing once. We did. We loved it. There was a lot of tears. We, had a, we cried a lot. There was a lot of tears, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'm sure everyone is looking for more Adrian and Elizabeth, don't you think? <laughs> I do. Don't you I think? Do, I do. They should check out our Substack newsletters, Where the Fuck's My Happy Ending by me and Mixed Race Tape by Elizabeth. And you can follow the pod on Instagram at Don't Ruin This Pod. Come back next week for a movie we've been waiting to revisit for quite a while because it's all about the besties, mm. Thelma and Louise, which means we get even more Brad Pitt, which again, yeah. 
should yeah. be the theme of the season. He's only in there for like a second. And I got to say, I'm not sure that Brad Pitt, young Brad Pitt, that young is my favorite Brad Pitt. But what? Yeah, we, we'll get into it next week. <laughs> I am full of surprises. Everybody missed the moment where I talked about how Kevin Costner I'm really, really hot for because he's like a bland dude in khakis. What? <laughs> no wonder I'm not having the sex I'd like to have, Karen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Don't forget to support middle-aged women's voices by rating and reviewing Don't Ruin This For Me on your favorite podcast app. We're out. And that's it. (laughs) 